Here comes the rain again, which is probably a good thing for the garden, because I think we need a bit of rain. And the reason I'm mentioning gardens is we're joined by a gardener, not just a gardener, an award-winning gardener. Um, because if you get the latest issue of Gardener's World magazine, you'll see pictures of some fantastic gardens, among them the one that won. And the man that won, and the award that we're talking about is um, Garden of the Year, is Wayne Amiel, who's a gardener from Clapham, who's got, you know, a typically sized London back garden, but he's turned it into anything other than typical. It's an absolute oasis of tropicalismo. It's a, it's a beautiful Caribbean <laughs> garden here in the deep south in Clapham. And we're also joined by Lucy Hall, who's the editor of BBC Gardener's World magazine. Welcome, both of you, to Thank BBC you. Radio Thank London. You. Let me begin with you, Lucy. Tell us a bit about... The, the award and the criteria and the judging and all of that? Well, we launched this award about three years ago just because we realised people were doing amazing, amazing things in their back gardens. Very ordinary front houses, doors, you know, entranceways. And at the back were the most extraordinary gardens. And we wanted to celebrate that, particularly because gardens are getting smaller than they've ever been before. And, you know, we have a lot of pressure on society. We're always on. So we wanted to celebrate the amazing things people were doing. So uh, we launched in the spring, and uh, we got hundreds of entries. I mean, you know, it takes something to... How did you enter? People just entered their own gardens, yeah. or neighbours said, that you've got a great garden, put it in for the awards, or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. and a lot, of, a lot of very proud kind of kids, you know, entering for their mum or their dad, <laughs> and sort of saying, oh, you really ought to be in it. And, uh, and we got some amazing stories through. And actually, the stories that ran through the gardens were just some of the best things, you know, about how people had found themselves very often and was the there garden. any criteria i mean did it have to be a private house did it have to, it couldn't be a i don't know whatever very simple criteria you can't earn your money from gardening this right. is real people the real gardens amateurs but you know in a way anything but amateur absolutely passionate about it so very few criteria great set of judges alan Turchmarsh, dermot gavin uh, and kate gould award-winning chelsea gardener uh, all came around uh, to the office about two months ago and we did this most fantastic morning of judging and I have to say, Wayne's Garden popped off the screen, off the page, and was a unanimous winner of the Judges' Award. Well, forget Chelsea, we've got Clapham. Right? <laughs> <laughs> In this is now the gardening epicentre of the world. Because, as I said, we're joined by the man what won. Um, we're joined by Wayne Amiel, whose back garden in Clapham is the garden of the year. How does that feel, Wayne? Amazing. I'm totally thrilled. I can't put it into words. I'm so overjoyed. It's interesting you say, how did people enter? It was a friend who told me told me about and said why do you I actually subscribed to the magazine so I yeah. knew of the competition but it was a friend who encouraged me and I said oh they always choose country gardens this is just a small London garden so um, that's how I entered but I'm absolutely delighted to have won for so many reasons I think it's it shows it allows you to show what can be done in a small garden so describe the your, how big is your garden first of all the garden is 22 feet by 44 feet. Okay, so that's a decent sized London yes. garden, but it's not, it's not extravagant not, by any It's means. not huge. And one of the things I try to do, apart from recreate Jamaica, because I call my garden Clapham Meets Jamaica. Right. And it's a north-facing garden, so that's quite a challenge. In fact, when I told people I wanted to do this, a lot of them laughed. <laughs> my friends are what, are what I call real gardeners. They say, oh, good luck. And also I wanted a garden where you couldn't see where it ended and started. I wanted different sections. The trend is to call it rooms, but I call it sections. And I wanted to create a veranda to remind me of back home. And I definitely wanted... Back home meaning Jamaica? Yes. Yeah. I, I've been here a long time, but I, I'm born in Jamaica and I still call it home. Um, but I wanted it to remind me of my childhood, should I say. 
and I also wanted a garden where you couldn't see it all at once. And I opened my garden under the NGS, which is the national charity that private gardens open once a year, and I'm opening next year. And um, one of the things I hear all the time when people come along is, oh, it, oh, it continues, oh, it continues, because you can't see the garden all at once. Um, how long did it take? How long have you lived in the house, for example? The garden's taken eight years um, right. to get it to where it was, but there was not one blade of grass. You can see there's a picture there, the before picture. I mean, it was uh, literally, it was nothing. Site. It was a building site. It, it was, was a rubble. building site I mean, because the builders were in there for a year, and like all builders, they turned the garden into a building site. That's what happens. So eight years ago, there was not one blade of grass in the garden, which... Um, I didn't find it daunting, but it meant that I had to wait until funds permitted. So I had to, I covered it all with lawn, and then as funds permitted, I started to develop a garden. Lucy, you, you describe the garden. It's the most amazing, exuberant jungle. You look from above at the overhead photograph, you cannot see the ground. You can see a little path, <laughs> so huge, tall, towering, exotic, jungly. You really feel like you're plunging into the depths of a really exotic place. But of course, at the heart of it are quite normal, ordinary plants that really mm. survive the British conditions. So there's a real lesson in there about how to make a place feel absolutely packed. And one of the really clever features is it's a typical garden that's dug out into, you know, from a basement looking up. So it's quite steeply raked, mm. uh, quite sloping, can be a difficult site. And you've cut these steps mm. into it, which allow you to have a, like a little theatre so you can rest pots on it, looking like a little audience facing you. So even if you're inside, you have all this colour wrapping around you. It's really clever. And it's not overdone, so it's all about the plants and the feeling did you have any failures i mean were there you thought oh i'd love one of those and you put that in and it yes. doesn't work i sort of have a rule that i give things four years right. <laughs> that's quite a long time yes not in the garden it isn't um i sometimes get things and they're they're not really suitable for north facing gardens yeah but because i've got quite a bit of light i try and then sometimes I do just give up. It's not doing what I want it to do, or it's not flowering how I'd like. But I never throw a plant away. I've become very popular In fact, work. you find them, don't you? Oh, absolutely. When I um, initially started the garden, one thing I knew, because it's north-facing, I wanted a container garden so I could move things around and chase the sun and change as what Lucy and I call the theatre of plants, bring things to the theatre when they come in to flower. So I started looking skips for containers to reuse because I'm all about recycling. And I was absolutely astonished to find people put plants in those. Well, the builders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's um, when builders are doing houses up, they just rip everything out. Or if someone's got a professional gardener come in, they'll just rip everything out. Yeah. And sometimes they've been next to the skip, sometimes they've been in the skip. And sometimes I don't even want them, but I give them to friends. Um, it doesn't happen so much because the recession has stopped a lot of building work, <laughs> the austerity, but um, I found all sorts of things in there, from tree ferns. I found one tree fern, it was too heavy to carry, and I went back the next day with a car, it gone. But my greatest find was a lilac, which was just a bit of stick. Everyone laughed as in, what is this? And I love it. It's about three and a half metres, and it's a gorgeous purple colour, and, and it was just abandoned. But... Um, I yeah. mean, the garden, what, one of the things I love about, I mean, I've only seen the photos, obviously, but one of the things I love about the garden is it doesn't look manicured, but it looks very loved. 
it, it doesn't look like it's completely controlled. You let things grow. You've let things get. I'm not one of those gardeners who are obsessed with hiding their gardens. I don't even understand that session. It doesn't look tidy, does it? <laughs> Good. It looks exuberant, Good. as you said. <laughs> that's the way I like it to look. I can't think of anything worse than a really tasteful garden where all the pastels are together, all the hot colours are together. It's just not my cup of tea, each of their own. Um, you know, I know that's what you're meant to do, but I don't like that. Someone told me it's Christopher Lloyd um, School of Gardening who apparently liked everything to crash, clash. So. Exuberant was the word that the judges used. And they yeah. also said from the heart. And you can really tell that. And I think that's really why it stood out so much. It's just brave, exuberant, colourful, exciting. How many hours a week do you think you have to spend on it? Not as much as people imagine, actually. Um, in the summer months, it's different. Um, I'm an early rise. I get up at 4.30. Wow. So, um, You're gardening <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> well, as soon as it gets light, I do an hour's garden before I go off to the gym and I go to work. Um, so in the summer, I, I spend an hour in the morning and then half an hour in the evening. And at weekends, depending on what jobs I'm doing, so I don't think that's excessive. And when does it look at its best? What time of year would you say the garden is in its real pomp? Um, definitely summer, but it, to me it looks amazing all year round, and from spring until very late summer. One of the reasons why I opened my garden late in the year, relatively late in the year, is when I first started opening to charity, I was told that most British gardeners want to open in May and June because that's when a lot of British gardeners look at their best and they asked me if I could open later in the year. So even now, today, there's amazing things to see, but much later in the year. But uh, July is the peak. And do you... Is the garden constantly changing or is it done now? There's always things to change and this year I'm... Um, this autumn I'm making some major changes but there's always changes from season to season you think oh that didn't work or I didn't like this or I give things away or I move things around because <laughs> no gardener no real gardener as a friend of mine told me is ever satisfied with their garden <laughs> but you've reached the pinnacle now you've got the garden of the year where do you I go know, I, I'm still in a state of shock but no I'm always changing things in the garden and that's a sign I've been told is a real gardener. We found out how many hours it takes. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't, the tax man's not listening, but <laughs> how, how much does it cost? Is it a very expensive business? No, not at all. <laughs> really? Because I'm looking at this thinking, I couldn't afford that. No, it's impossible. It's, no, it's not. There are a number of things you can do. Firstly, a lot of things in my garden I've grown from seeds and cuttings. Right. There was absolutely no money. All the money went on the house, sure. and people started to give me plants. And a lot of nurseries and online um, nurseries, they will have sales, and people don't realise that. So come January, you'll get they have 25% off. So you wait. Big structural plants, the biggest tree farm fern I have, I have a number of them. It was a family gift, so everybody contributed to it and every Christmas I get um, garden vouchers and you wait until well I had to I had to wait until the funds permitted of course gardening can be expensive if you want to put peach lines which you know can cost up to £2,000 each but you can do grow them yourself if you have the patience but um, no you don't have to spend a lot of money on gardening um, you said it's open when you for, for you know for open the gardens. End, yes, yes. And it's a national scheme where private gardens open for charity, raises millions for good causes. And I'm open on Sunday, the 21st of July next year. Well, Sheila from Blackheath said we went a couple of years back. Oh. Wow, is all I can say. <laughs> she oh, said it's so kind. such an amazing garden. So she absolutely loved it. Oh, that's very um, kind of her. Yeah, she says. Um, 
uh, my friend and I didn't want to leave as there was so much to see. Oh, and Wayne and his helpers were so friendly. Oh, that's great to know because it is a bit of a party out there. People have cakes and you know, drink tea and prosecco. Is there any rum? If we're having, if we, if we're having a Caribbean garden, surely we need some rum. We have to be careful about the license. So it's, we, you can't charge, but you can ask for a donation, apparently. That's how you get round it. It's all money for good causes. It's not the only London Garden that was in the sort of short list of, of winners, was it? No, that's right. London actually was very well represented in the competition. We had an amazing roof garden in the city, and that's just oh, incredibly that. challenging conditions. Mm. Several stories up, very windy, very bright conditions. And here, Karen is running, you know, a beautiful little garden, but her family is growing up in it as well. So, you know, amazing, um, incredible sort of um, challenging conditions. And then also in South London, not far from you actually, another yeah. fabulous garden made out of a lot of recycled materials again a young guy just getting going in his gardening but really inspirational idea so i think the whole competition proves that you can garden in really small spaces without much money and that's the really key thing and better still people can vote for all the gardens because we're now having a people's choice vote and that's running until midday tomorrow, uh, and you can get it through the Gardener's World magazine Facebook page. So if you go onto the Gardener's World Facebook page, or you buy yourself a copy of Gardener's World, and you should, because Wayne's Gardens, <laughs> then <laughs> you can see this fabulous garden, but, but, but also let it be an inspiration, I think, is probably the, the thing, oh, isn't that'd it? That would be lovely. If, if, it, if people find it that way, that would be wonderful. Wayne, um, Amiel, Gardener, owner of the Garden of the Year, and Lucy Hall from BBC Gardener's World magazine. Thank you both very, thank very, you much. very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.